Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hi, everybody. It's Adam. We're continuing to revisit some of my favorite Rico Daily episodes this week. And today, we've got a tricky one. You've probably never heard of dark patterns, but you've definitely seen them. They're all around us on websites, in membership agreements, at the grocery store. Dark patterns are little design details that can be used to nudge you in a certain direction to do something you normally might not want to do. And these tricks just keep getting trickier, which is why you should know more about how they work. Here's Teddy Schleifer and Sarah Morrison. Tell me if this has happened to you. You click on a website or open an app and it asks you, can we use your data? The yes button, big and bright. Maybe it's pleasant baby blue with a halo of white around it. It looks warm and inviting. And then there's the no button, tiny, gray, boring, sometimes hard to find. Which do you choose? You probably pick yes. And much of the digital world is designed this way. We're given options, but apps and websites are designed to make one choice more appealing than others. This phenomenon even has a spooky name. It's called dark patterns. Recode Sarah Morrison's here to talk about it. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Teddy. So, Sarah, once you start looking for these dark patterns in the wild, they are everywhere. Tell me about a few examples of dark patterns that you found in your reporting. Actually, I talked about this in a previous episode, but I signed up for a Walgreens account to get a vaccine. Uh, and then, you know, you're automatically subscribed to the newsletter. It's pretty hard to find out how to unsubscribe. Right. And then it's even harder to unsubscribe from the account. You have to actually call. You know, I signed up for a gym membership online. And uh, then to cancel it, I actually had to go to the place in person or send them a certified, you know, letter. Huh. A lot of shopping websites will like have these, you know, you go to the website and all of a sudden there's a sale and it ends like really soon. And then it says oh, only two items left. And, you know, those instill like that sense of urgency that might convince you to buy something where you wouldn't have otherwise. And pretty much anytime you're presented with some kind of privacy option um, on a website, uh, like those cookie pop-ups, you know, they make, like you said, the accept button is like super prominent and obvious, but like the explanation of what you're agreeing to or the option to not do it, or the process for opting out, if there even is one, is just like much more difficult. Right. This comes down to not just defaults, but you're saying you don't even know you might have a choice on some of these things. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm curious, is there any data that we know about to suggest that these little design decisions actually make a difference? Obviously, they are intended to do that, but do they actually change our behavior? Yeah, I mean, there's a good amount of research out there that says, you know, people's behavior is influenced by dark patterns. I mean, the harder you make one choice, the more likely it is that people are going to choose, you know, the other one. And this is, I mean, this is in the physical world too, but like the internet just really lets designers like optimize this practice in a way that the physical world can't, which is what mm -hmm. makes it sort of a larger issue. And then more recently, we have a, a good example of a really particularly egregious one with some real consequences, which is... Uh, a couple of days ago, the New York Times wrote about how the Trump campaign, like associated fundraisers, sent 
emails asking for donations. And they use, I think, like several types of dark patterns, sort of auto-checking boxes for recurring donations, not making it clear that they would be recurring donations, you know, giving people urgent time limits to donate or else, you know, the wording like sort of over time progressively gets like longer and more complicated. There's even, I think, one that just says, if, if you don't donate, you're a defector. <laughs> so right. uh, people ended up, you know, yeah, being like sort of coerced and uh, into donating a lot more money than they thought that they had without even realizing it until like hundreds or thousands of dollars deducted from their accounts. I'm curious, Sarah, where you see the line between, you know, okay and bad. And, and what I mean by that is, to some extent, some of these dark patterns are just good design or maybe are leading you toward things that you might want um, and making it easier for you to find those things. Other times, as you mentioned with with kind of the Trump campaign or Republican emails in general, you know, the consumer could be misled into choosing something that they do not want. I wonder where the ethical line is in terms of who's really responsible for this stuff. Is it the fault of the designer or is it the fault of the consumer for not doing a good enough job, you know? finding the no button uh, or, or reading the disclosures. Yeah, I mean, well, in our society, the default is almost always buyer beware. And, you know, there is a gray area here, like businesses wanting to make their goods like as attractive as possible to you. So you buy them is the way they work. You know, to me, it kind of comes down to is the consumer like actually getting something or a service that they want, like really want and understand what it is in return or is this like solely for the business's benefit? Yeah. Like, is the intention of the design to trick the customer or is it to sort of persuade them into making a certain decision? Are you making it as easy for them to say no as it is to say yes? Like, I have a feeling that the designers know uh, where that line is. But, you know, ethics and laws are very different things, too, sometimes. And to the point about laws, I mean, policymakers are thinking more and more about how to regulate these dark patterns. Tell me about what we're seeing uh, both here in California and what we're seeing at the federal level. California recently added to its privacy law that sort of outlaws dark patterns when they're used to trick customers into giving up their data. Washington State's working on a privacy bill that kind of does the same thing. If you obtain consent through a dark pattern, then it doesn't count as consent uh, to give up your data. Um, on a federal level, we don't really have those privacy laws, but we do have the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, and you know that goes after deceptive trade practices. And some of the more egregious dark patterns, you know, are, are pretty obvious examples of that. They've gone after them. They've gotten fines out of them. So they do do that. I know they're they were doing a workshop at the end of this month to look into more about dark patterns, what they are, and how to regulate them in lieu of more or better federal legislation that gives them more guidance on that. And speaking of federal legislation, there is like, I think, a bill that will be reintroduced this Congress that would uh, ban dark patterns in certain cases and also like give the FTC more authority to regulate them. So I guess that would make the gray area a little bit smaller. Recode's Sarah Morrison, thanks so much for joining us. You can read more of Sarah's work at recode.net. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. 